Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The opinions expressed on this webmasterradio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers. And do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning, and please be seated. This is Bennett Kelly with the Internet Law Center in Santa Monica, California. We're glad to have you today. And we are now entering August, the dog days of summer. And that is a time people generally like to get out of the nation's capital when it is listeringly hot and incredibly humid. And um, Congress is no different, and they've now gone back to their districts for their August recess. And so today we're going to talk about where Congress has left off on a lot of the major tech initiatives and who we might want to talk to if they happen to be in your district on these issues. And so there's about a dozen um, bills that we're going to talk about today and talk about the status and, and maybe some issues you may, you might want to consider. So look forward to um, your questions on the chat room. And uh, we're going to start off with um, obviously the biggest issue that seems to be coming up is privacy. And it comes up um, frequently. There are a number of bills pending on the privacy front. Um, on the Senate, you have a bill with um, John Kerry, um, interesting, the Privacy Bill of Rights. And Senator Kerry is in Massachusetts. Um, the Senate Commerce Committee Chairman um, Rockefeller has also offered a bill on, on the Do Not Track um, initiative as well. And so you have activity in the Senate, um, but nothing's been reported out yet. Um, the administration, um, the, the Commerce Committee, is whose um, whose counsel is um, Cam Carey, um, John Kerry's brother, 
is, is surprise, surprise, has a um, position that is remarkably similar to Senator Kerry's position. And, um, and so I think there'll be, there'll be some activity in the Senate, um, along the lines of what to do with respect to do not track and, um, and allowing consumers to opt out in some form. Now, what's become an issue, I feel if you've seen the news in the last two weeks, but one is the, um, was a report that some members of the um, network advertising initiative who have their own, um, do not track opt out program that not all the members were actually complying despite their representations. And now comes a new Berkeley report that um, there are cons- there are some companies out there that are, are actively trying to circumvent um, consumers you know, using opt-out mechanisms in, in order to still track their activity online. And, um, and so it, it, it highlights a kind of a growing need I think you know, from Congress's viewpoint to step in and make a statement on this area. Now, even if no statement is made, um, which we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the House front, um, there's still the possibility that something may happen elsewhere in Washington, and that's just down the street at the Federal Trade Commission. You have um, now pending is um, a third um, President Obama's third nominee to the Federal Trade Commission, a woman by the name of Maureen Olhausen, who actually has a very strong background in one antitrust, which is uh, the principal area of of business for the Federal Trade Commission since they review all mergers. But she also has significant background in in privacy and and online consumer affairs issues. Um, She's she's worked um, previously for FTC Commissioner Arson Swindlow, and um, she's also worked with several um, technology groups as well. So she has a strong background in this area. And so it could lead to uh, a continued or more active FTC in the online space. Already we have um, Commissioner Brill, who, is a, who, who rep- worked with state attorney generals on privacy and, um, and the new F- you know, the FTC chairman, um, Leibowitz is very strong on privacy issues, so you can expect with this nomination a continued focus on online privacy, at least from uh, the Pennsylvania Avenue um, focus of the FTC. Now, on the House side, there's a number of different um, approaches that have been discussed. Um, one is a, a straight do not track proposal, which is one of the first proposals we saw early this Congress. Um, by Jackie Spear from um, Northern California. And then um, Congressman Rush from Chicago offered his uh, bill from last year, last Congress, to establish an an opt-in regime for online um, tracking and that if you um, adhere to certain self-regulatory standards, you would not have to um, comply with um, the full breadth of the law. But it really encourages some form of self-regulation. And that's that's a big tension here. The FTC has spent several years trying to get industry to self-regulate with some success. And um, the, there's been a lot more um, activity and initiatives in the private sector on this space in the last several years. Um, we've seen um, both the NIA 
and now the, the IAB, with, along with several other uh, industry groups, established self-regulatory programs on this area. And then in addition, we've seen browsers, um, for example, uh, Microsoft and Mozilla and others, um, incorporating some form of do not track into um, their browser capability. So uh, industry has been responding, um, but it, all, it remains to be seen what the results of that will, will be. Um, there have been some concerns that the, the creation, you know, using a browser-based mechanism to regulate Do Not Track could actually lead to the adoption or um, the, the um, promotion of censorship lists or online blocking along the lines that we've seen some elsewhere in some countries such as um, such as Australia, for example. And uh, that, that, that has been a concern. But on the House side, you, the key player appears to be a, a Congressman Stearns, who definitely wants um, more disclosure on what is offered. He has a bill out there that would require you to disclose how, what data you collect and how you use it in a more clear fashion. Um, but it wouldn't really wouldn't be as burdensome a regulation on the do not track front. So do not track and um, disclosure of what uh, what activities you do on the behavioral targeting front will heat up this this fall, I believe, on both the House and Senate side. And the Senate side, the key players are going to be um, Senator Rockefeller from West Virginia, Senator Kerry from Massachusetts as well as Senator Pryor from Arkansas, who's a, a chairman of the committee, of one of the subcommittees, dealing with the privacy issues. So those are the three players to, um, to look at. And if you're in those districts, um, definitely want to um, try to talk to them about the legislation. Now, just a, a word about talking with your congressman. If you have a business that has you know, 10 or more employees today, you have to ask yourself with every elected member you meet that you vote for, um, whether you vote for them or not, but you have the opportunity to vote for, is that someone I would trust with my business plan? And whether it's your state assembly person, your state senator, your city council member, whatever. And you, if you have a, you know, a, a business that be above 10 employees or more, you want them to know you're there. You want them to know that you're making a contribution to the community, and you want them to understand your business. Um, often what has happened in the Internet space where mistakes have been made have not been necessarily out of malice or um, a complete disregard for the Internet industry. What has happened is, is mainly because of a lack of information or the industry wasn't at the table mainly because you know, they weren't organized or because there have been a few cases where the, uh, the, the legislators didn't want to hear it. Um, they had already made up their mind that they knew everything even when they didn't. And we saw that here in California with the adoption of the um, ban on spam where um, Senator Murray passed a law where he assumed that the marketers mainly um, just pushed a button and um, distributed email on behalf of the advertiser and using the advertiser's list. And, of course, we knew that wasn't the case. And so it based the law on, on a premise of how the market was structured, which was completely false, and that uh, that would have been a disaster. And that's ultimately what led to the Ken Spam Act. Now, one thing that's coming up um, that will be happening in the, in the fall when they return will be a focus on cybersecurity. And we've seen an alarming number of reports 
this year on um, cyber attacks of government institutions. Um, For example, the CIA website was shut down by, I believe the group was anonymous, and we've, we've heard of attacks on the IMF and a number of governments. Well, just today, um, McAfee's reporting that um, the, the largest series of cyber attacks to date this year, which is quite significant given the number that have occurred, that involve um, infiltration of networks of 72 organizations, including the United Nations governments and major companies around the world. Um, McAfee said that they believe it is a state actor but declined to name it, um, although from what they suggest, it sounds like it rhymes with Heine. And uh, so that is going to be a continued focus, and I think you're going to see some hearings and possibly some legislation on this front. Um, but in terms of giving more authority, uh, making sure that um, there's a, is an ability to coordinate policy within the administration and, and response within the administration – on the issue of cybersecurity. Now, one area um, that has come up was is a bill offered by, it is the Cybersecurity and Internet Freedom Act. It was a bill offered by Senator Lieberman from Connecticut, um, Senator Collins from Maine, and Senator Carper um, from Delaware, and I believe also um, Senator Cardin from Maryland has been involved in this issue. And it basically was trying to set up a structure for how government would deal with Internet emergencies. And it got known – it was offered last Congress and became known as the, the um, kill switch bill, um, after, especially after in Egypt where the um, in Mubarak government and so, sought to um, squelch the protests against it by actually turning off the Internet for a few days. And um, that really focused attention on this bill even though the current version of the bill expressly states you know that it does not have a kill switch and does not authorize such a thing but you know how how government should act in in such an emergency you know what whether it should be able to shut down certain operations to protect others you know basically protecting the critical infrastructure um right now we've seen with the recent attack of the soviet excuse me of russia on Georgia only a few years ago, the first part of the war was actually a quite extensive cyber attack against the nation that more or less shut down its defenses. Um, and so that's going to become an increasing part of the discussion of policy, both in terms of protecting businesses, because um, what the Chinese have been accused of hasn't just been you know, stealing information or um, hacking into government websites, but they're also getting possibly industrial espionage by getting information on some of our leading companies. Um, and I imagine one of them um, rhymes with Google because they've been a frequent critic of the Chinese and have been battling with them over human rights issues and censorship. So that is going to be a big focus. Um, Senator Gilbrand um, from New York has indicated that she will be offering legislation along that front and um, – She's the one who um, took Hillary Clinton's seat in the special election um, only very recently after she stepped down to take the uh, position of Secretary of State. So um, that will be a focus immediately upon coming back. I I think this is quite an interesting year in terms of the number and scope of uh, attacks that we've seen. Um, The intensity level has increased dramatically and um, 
And just the, the mere fact that the um, CIA website gets shut down, I mean, there's certain things that you believe should be impenetrable, um, and you would think the CIA would be one of them. But, um, but in the intelligence community, though, is, is under focus for another reason. And the issue is the extent to which it has um, its relationship with Google. And there have been some discussions and some hearings recently about the extent to which Google shares information with the NSA, the National Security Agency, the very um, secretive um, branch of the U.S. intelligence community that um, few people often um, hear about. It really came gained attention um, during the Bush years when it was found to be accessing um, quite a amount of data from both Internet and um, telephone um, communications that the administration was getting through um, cooperation with the phone companies. And so what we're, that is um, look for increased scrutiny of Google in that area. Also, Google is going to be under scrutiny for a number of reasons. One, it, with the Republicans in Congress on the House side, you know, there's a perceived um, bias of Google towards the administration, particularly since a number of the uh, its senior people ended up working in the administration, um, in, in from you know FCC Chairman Janikowski and several others. So there's that um, there's, a, there's a certain bias, I think, and a certain view to punish Google uh, from the Republican viewpoint um, for its association with the Obama administration. But there's also a number of concerns you know, about whether or not Google has become the Microsoft of the 90s. In the 90s, there was the Clinton administration um, decided to more or less launch an assault on Microsoft and, and it's, it's growing power and, and it seemed what was perceived as an excessive amount of power um, and from a monopoly, you know, antitrust viewpoint. And then we saw the, the antitrust litigation that occurred against Microsoft and um, the, that, um, the Bush administration when they came in actually shut down and um, you all remember Robert Bork, who was the very controversial nominee um, by President Reagan to the Supreme Court. That kind of that led to such a scorched earth debate that has now radically changed how Supreme Court justices are selected. Um, now they're selected for their lack of knowledge or lack of statements, um, so that their record can't be used against them as they were with Bork. But Bork was very vocal on his views on things, especially antitrust law, which was his specialty. And he was shocked, and he uh, when the Microsoft case was dropped by the Bush administration, and you know, and Bork that is very much a um, a hawk when it comes to um, being um, in favor of you know, less government regulation in that space, and for him to believe that not pursuing the Microsoft case was was an error um, is a statement in itself. So Google is going to be under a lot of scrutiny in this fall. Um, and that's 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 guaranteed to be happen already. Hearings are coming up, and Google's CEO Schmidt, or former CEO Schmidt, will be testifying before Congress um, when when Congress returns. That's already been scheduled. So, but they're not going to be the only company that's coming under scrutiny. I think we're going to see uh, continued focus on Facebook and their privacy practices. Um, Twitter is another one. And uh, a lot of the leading and emerging social networking sites, I think we're going to get scrutiny, um, particularly as we have the privacy changes that happen and um, you know, privacy policies 
whenever Facebook changes its policy, it seems to cause a ripple effect and, and, and triggers several letters from senators such as Schumer in New York and uh, Congressman Markey in Massachusetts um, who are carefully monitoring this issue. Now, another issue that's been a hot-button item that um, we will see activity on or may or may not see activity on um, when we return is, of course, the Amazon tax. And Senator Durbin, who is the second-ranking Democrat in the Senate, has introduced the Main Street um, Fairness Act, which is um, to establish an, an online sales tax. And Amazon, surprisingly, supports it, is what I understand. And what, so we're seeing um, it's got a lot of opposition, though, from online groups. But it could be a, a solution to the state-by-state approach that is happening now and causing so much disruption economically as, as Amazon and others terminate their in-state uh, um, affiliates as a result. And um, so will that pass? You've already seen a, a, a two-month standoff with um, between the, Congre- the House Republicans and the administration over having um, some deficit reduction that included um, revenue enhancement, and um, that got nowhere. Um, the final package agreed to in the debt ceiling um, negotiations included no revenue aspect. And so the fact that um, Senator Durbin is offering a bill to um, a, that could possibly incre- you know, establish an online sales tax is something that I, I just don't see flying um, the, it does have support from some groups, though. Um, the National Retail Federation, which is mainly a brick-and-mortar organization, does does support it. And um, but a lot of other groups, you know, are opposed to it. For example, um, the Commuter and Communications Industry Association um, is opposed to it and says that e-commerce has enabled business to broaden the scope of their activities beyond traditional geographic limits. And this bill seeks to reimpose onto e-commerce businesses the very burdens that innovation has enabled them to overcome and has given them a chance for success. Online auction. Um, say eBay also has come out against the bill saying that giant retailers jockeying for new internet sales tax have national store networks that they combine with their major online sales platform, a business model they know brings some tax collection duties. Um, forcing small businesses to take on the same cost and same tax burdens as national retail business is unrealistic, unfair, and will balance the playing field between giant retailers and small business retailers on the Internet. And um, eBay actually did support an initiative that was um, – it was a, wasn't an actual bill, but it was a resolution um, that was introduced by – um, Zoe Lofgren, who's the congresswoman who represents Silicon Valley, or at least the San Jose area, and Dan Lundgren, who's in the Sacramento area in California, expressing the sense that the you know, online um, small businesses should not be burdened with online sales tax um, responsibility. So this issue will will progress, but again, we've already seen the, the real politics of the situation, and after months of negotiation. Even you know just any measure to raise revenue um, would got nowhere in the recent discussions, and so something as controversial as this 
I would I would have to think is dead in the water in terms of ultimate passage. Although you never know what can happen if something gets tagged into legislation that is considered vital for other reasons um, by all parties involved. So you'll learn sometimes that that is how legislation gets done. It's not always you know, adopted by straight up or down votes. So those are some of the leading issues. And when we come back after this break, um, we're going to be talking more about some of the other issues, including um, one bill that has been known as the Internet Censorship Bill. But we'll be talking about that and answering your questions when we come back after these messages. Brasco? Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. All celebrity voices are impersonated. Example number 74 of Dialogue. You will never read in our chat room. I have an affiliate offer for you. I want to interest you in pineapples. You want me to sell pineapples? Actually, I'll have some apple pie a la mode. It pleases me. Or maybe cobbler. Goodbye. Make deals and make money with people like you without the spam. I don't like being kicked out. You make me feel ignored. Goodbye. The webmasterradio.fm chat room. Live in real time every day. Click on the chat tab from our homepage. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back. This is Bennett Kelly with the Internet Law Center, and you're listening to Cyber Law and Business Report. And we are talking today about questions you can raise with your congressman as they return home from Washington, after it was quite a brutal several weeks um, negotiating the, the debt ceiling um, limitation. and But, of course, we're not talking about that today. We're talking about where we stand on a number of tech bills that were introduced during the session and and ones particularly you know, that may be of interest to you. Um, 
they've, they've been introduced by members all across the country. So more, more likely than not, regardless of where you are, you are near one of the members involved in some of these issues. Now, just a word about um, – we talked earlier about talking to – um, your member of Congress or your representatives, let them know you exist. And um, it's really simple. Even if you, know, you don't have to go to Washington and talk to your congressman. You know, in your district, um, you, know, you have offices for your senator and nearby and for your congressman. And you just meet with their local staff and just inform them this is what we do. And if you happen to be in Washington, try to schedule a meeting with one of their staffers. Just you know, have a, a short 15-minute um, meet and greet. Let them know who you are. Because here's what they always say. Um, if you call them at the last minute and say, hey, this bill's coming down and it's really bad news for us, you have to stop it, and you haven't had an engagement beforehand, it's going to be hard for them to really get their arms around the issue and to, to understand your, your objection uh, before it's too late. Um, what you need to do is have engagement. And it's just a matter of you know, establishing a relationship, but also establishing an education process. Now, these guys are, you know, <laughs> despite what some may think, most of these guys are, are fairly smart people. And they have, they have, in Congress, unlike you know, state legislatures, have, have fairly extensive staff capabilities. In addition uh, to that, there's a thing called the, the Library of Congress, which has the Congressional Research Service, which can research any issue they, they want at the direction of any congressman. So they have quite a fair amount of, of resources available to them to address the issues. And so the issue is not that they uh, aren't smart. The issue is they just don't get the information. And so you want to make sure that they're understanding your business, they understand how uh, an issue may, may affect you. And um, so make sure you're talking to these people but one issue that has been coming up, and it's been last last Congress, it was um, a bill known as COICA, and um, but got dubbed the Internet Censorship Bill, and that label is back. Um, and the the issue is now the bill is now called the Protect IP Act, and it's a, it's a bill that's been pushed by um, content providers such as you know the motion picture. Um, the Motion Picture Association, as well as um, the Recording Industry Association, as a way to uh, address um, serial um, copyright infringement, and it allows for actual seizure of of copyright infringing sites. And so the concern there is that that could be abused and become a vehicle for um, for internet censorship. And so one congressman in particular is Senator um, Wyden, who is, has actually put a hold on the bill, um, preventing it from being voted on at, on the Senate floor. And what a hold is is that the Senate has uh, is a, a very different body from the House of Representatives. The House of Representatives has 435 members, and anything that comes to the floor comes to the floor with a rule. Often, if, if you're a total C-SPAN junkie, you w- would have watched and you may have seen votes on rules governing how uh, a debate will proceed. And what the rule does is just say, you know, we can't have all 435 people talking at once. And so it, it allocates time by um, for each issue, whether it's you know, an amendment that's going to be offered or just uh, time to uh, debate a bill and then have a vote. Well, the Senate is a lot different. Uh, it is unstructured. Um, bills generally come to the floor in unanimous consent, 
And that is where you have blockage because if someone puts a hold on a bill, which is usually done secretly, but often it's unknown who has put a hold on the bill and they're trying to change that process, uh, it, it, it means that I will not consent, give unanimous consent to this being brought to the floor. And that, that can have been cause a blockage because one is, is a history for respecting holds. And two, it, it just requires then the, the burden of having to organize a vote in order to overcome that objection. And then, in addition, the Senate has this procedure known as the filibuster, which you, you're likely aware of, that can allow um, that can allow someone to block a bill as long as they have uh, 40 votes in support, because it allows it allows them to continue debate indefinitely. Uh, until the other side gets 60 votes or more to um, what's called closure. And then that, that then um, sets a limit on the debate that point forward and um, allows the, the matter to proceed to a vote. So on the Senate side, where you have um, Senator Wyden blocking um, what has been called the Internet Censorship Bill. And um, it's become quite a controversial bill. Um, a lot of people in the, the tech um, press are very much against it, and um, and you know the, some of the issues, particularly um, the issue of domain blocking, and um, some the, the bill has been described as an attempt to deal with foreign sites, which can be difficult for the U.S. Um, to reach, even when those sites explicitly target the U.S. And so it allows the blocking of, of wholesale domains, and. Um, and that's an important part. And for seizure of domains, where you have infringement. Um, but the, the question then is, to what extent it has been, it may go too far and actually lead to censorship. And that's why it's a, it's somewhat of a geeky bill that has actually been widely criticized. Um, and so here's an example um, one, it, it caused a, a, some blog responses to, um, such as "Get out of my internet," um, to the uh, customs officials um, who have been um, seizing domains recently um, for infringement. And um, Zoe Lofgren, who's the congressman representing the um, San Jose and which is the, often called the capital of Silicon Valley. Um, Said that you know she's she's been a f- surprised by some of the recent seizure actions, and um, has actually said if I were them I would sue. Um, and there's a question about whether or not this is adequate due process in the whole mechanism. And as one, um, as she explained to one publication, um, that they could ha- have um, the authority to do what they're to do. Um, the question is to what extent their authority is not limited or checked. And um, the concern that they could even go so far as to seize Yahoo or Google or Facebook, and that's so that's an issue that's going to be continue to be controversial. I think uh, anytime you weigh, raise the specter of censorship, it definitely causes um, a red flag, um, regardless of whether or not there's merit to it. And um, but there's still a big push to bring this to the floor. It has passed the Senate Judiciary Committee um, two Congresses in a row. Um, Senator Leahy uh, has has been pushing it for some time, and um, and so this will be a big issue. 
Um, Senator Wyden has been digging in on this, and so we'll see um, what happens there. But the, the, you got to keep in mind that we're talking about very um, prominent and powerful forces in the Ocean Picture Association and the Recording Industry Association, as well as an administration that seems to be fairly aligned with them. Um, a number of their enforcement people come from that background. And so you have the administration and the, the Senate Judiciary Committee kind of aligned with these groups in, in pushing this law. Um, but some are just concerned about the scope of it and whether to what extent it could be abused and, and cause lead to censorship. Now, uh, another issue that you're going to hear more about, and it relates, it relates to the issue we were talking about earlier on the Amazon tax, is the question of um, taxing um, digital goods. And um, there's a bill pending. Um, Senator Wyden's involved as well as um, Senator Thune from South Dakota. And so if you actually live in South Dakota, you probably have a pretty good chance of seeing Senator Thune since there aren't so many, many of you as there are in other states. But um, Senator Thune, who actually recently was reelected on a, without opposition, and uh, although I've actually seen a case where uh, – the candidate was the only person on the ballot and managed to lose, but somehow Senator Thune did not have such a fate. But the issue there is to what extent taxing um, digital products, you know, whether it's iTunes or, or not, are being taxed in discriminatory fashion and versus you know, their offline counterparts. And so that that's the bill to establish, you know, a fairness, make sure that they're not taxed in a discriminatory fashion and, um, you know that that could get some attention. Um, I think it has bipartisan support there. Um, another issue that comes up that actually has made some progress is from is being sponsored by Sonny Bono's widow, and that is um, here's her name is Congressman um, Mary Bono Mack. She's recently been married, and she's from the Palm Springs area, and she has the Safe Data Act. Um, which would establish stand, national standards for data breaches and, and data security um, that actually has been approved um, and then passed out of committee. You know, it has not reached the floor yet, but uh, you're seeing progress on the Senate side as well. Um, and I think you know, there is I think, a, a need at this point for a national standard. You have a, many states do have some standard for what to do in data breach. But it's it's hard to keep, get your arms around thirty, forty different state legislation. So a uniform national standard would be would be helpful. And you know, Senator Bono has been active in this space, and she was uh, one of the first people to jump into the spyware debate. And so um, once again, she's stepping in in this area um, to deal with an important issue, which is the Safe Data Act. Um, now, a controversial issue that has come up is what has been. It deals with ISP data retention, but it has um, a title um, well disguised to um, to hide what the, what the would seem to be a more controversial issue, and um, it's um, they've they've basically wrapped it around um, child pornography um, and fighting, and uh, it's called. Let me give you the exact name. Um, Congress loves to pick bills that have these um, nice that fall into nice acronyms, and um, you know, for example, if anyone those of you are familiar with the Can Spam Act, you realize that it is the controlling the assaults of non solicited um, pornographic 
um, etc. Et and uh, you know, it's just all designed to create a nice acronym. And um, so that, um, but what is that issue here is an initiative to try to force um, ISPs or to you know require ISPs to um, hold on to information for at least a year. And uh, it's, it's couched under the guise of um, fighting child pornography, you know, but it could be used for a number of things. Um, and it allows, I guess, a greater um, digital footprint, shall we say, um, going forward. And it allows you, you would actually have some benefits for those who are trying to track people down for their activities and uh, and so knowing that the ISPs will have um, that data for at least a year, the bill is called the Protecting Children from Internet Pornographers Act. And um, but you know it's been criticized to the extent that it re- it requires and it enables um, government access to personal data. But the whole issue here is to make sure that law enforcement um, can get access and request. Um, ISP providers to provide to provide um, user IP addresses, and that's an important tool not just for law enforcement but also for private enforcement as well. As we have in order to combat this um, growing wild wild west, um, you know, we have scenario where people feel they can say whatever they want on the internet and not be held accountable. So um, that has been approved by. Um, the Judiciary Committee, and um, it will be going to the House floor. And so look for that to progress. There is a Senate version as well um, that probably will get some activities um, in the fall when we can return. But it has, as I said, it has been criticized um, from civil libertarians as going a bit too far. And um, so we shall see. Now, Lamar Smith, if, if anyone's interested in talking to him, He's in the San Antonio area, um, but the, the objections primarily have been uh, per Section 4 of the bill, which would impose sweeping requirements on Internet companies to force them to keep records on their customers for uh, as much as 18 months. And um, the question, you know, the privacy threat that may exist, the, the ability for, you know, the threat of hacking uh, under such circumstances is also a concern there. Um so that is going to gain attention as well. Um, another bill to, um, that's being, being talked about and will be talked about when we return from the break is um, comes from Texas. And um, Senator, excuse me, Congressman Joe Barton, who uh, was recently the, uh, under the last Republican House, was the chairman of the House Energy and Commerce Committee, which is the the main committee in the House that deals with um, practically almost all economic issues, including the internet. And um, he has a bill that would um, that would legalize online poker. And we'll talk about that when we come back after these breaks. Back to you, Brasco. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? 
Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. Hi, this is your most humble producer, Brasco, inviting you to join me at the one place where I love to rant and rave with all of you. Well, yes, I do that on Facebook, but I'm talking about the WebmasterRadio.fm chat room. Chat with yours truly and listen to our live stream with our merry band of webmasters. Click on the chat tab and I'll see you in the chat. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we are back. Um, some interference, but um, all this back. good information, Bennett, and then people were just trying to now infiltrate your system, your studios there in Santa Monica. I can't hear you. Oh, you can't hear me. No, like I make, there was some background noise. I know, I can still hear it. What the hell is that? Tell those neighbors to be quiet. That must be it. The wild. Let's see if I can show. Okay, we're we're good now. All right, apologize for that. <laughs> your 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 fellow counselors need to go ahead and like put a kibosh on that. All right, are we live? Yes, we are. All right, <laughs> all right. So not so much for that secret. Any event, <laughs> we are back for the the final segment of the. Cyber Law and Business Report, we've just been doing a, a quick rundown on some of the bills that have been making progress this year or that will be making progress um, when Congress returns in the fall. And uh, now I talk, I put this in the context of you, know, you have August um, when Congress returns to the district as an opportunity to talk to your members. Um, that may not necessarily be, be 100% accurate because a lot of members actually use this time period to go on things such as vacations, um, something we all love to do. But also this is when you also have the, a lot of the foreign junkets, um, some of them which are 
clearly are junkets. Um, you're making sure that um, your Congress always needs to make sure that the Irish and Scottish golf industry is doing well. Um, but you know, they often go to some places that no one would want to go to in their right mind. So I wouldn't necessarily – the fact that your congressman may be overseas uh, is not necessarily um, to be automatically judged as a good or a bad thing. So um, we talked about Joe Barton who's going has a uh, bill to um, legalize online poker. And you may recall there was a recent bust of a lot of the major poker sites. And in poker, has just become such a huge – um, fascination in the United States, and uh, frankly, I'm surprised when I saw that um, Bravo started with celebrity poker, and the fact that people would watch someone else play cards, just, I, I didn't get, capture that. I didn't understand why that would be the case, um, even though a neighbor of mine is actually one of the celebrities. But the, it's interesting to see how this is taken off, and Barton is trying to respond to that. But the, the, uh, interestingly enough, the American Gaming Association. While they, they pat Barton on the back for advancing the issue, they're not going to support it. Um, what appears to be behind um, Barton's bill is a, is a group called um, Fair Play. Um, and initially it was dubbed as a grassroots um, movement of poker players who want um, you know, to be legalized. Um, instead, it turned out to be um, a, what was known as an AstroTurf group which is uh, just a front group for several of the um, Las Vegas casinos. So it, uh, that will be uh, continue to be an issue of debate, particularly because of the revenue aspects. And the, the goal here is to provide revenue both for the cash-starved states and for Congress. But the problem is, is that what really led to the ban on Internet gambling in the U.S. was um, was not so much a, a regulatory concern, but actually it was more of a a movement of the, the religious right who were opposed to it on principle ground. And I think the fact that they, Barton will have to overcome that in his own caucus to get, get a bill passed. I, I think you will see activity. It may get passed in the House. It may get passed by a committee in the House. Um, there, are, there are bills to actually repeal the, um, the ban on online gambling in the banking committee. Um, that that may advance. In fact, you know, it, um, Congressman Frank did so in the last Congress, but I, it's not going to get to the floor. And well, I don't think we'll see any passage, but you never know. And so if this is an issue of a concern to you, definitely you know, communicate that to your um, members um, and let them know that this is something you know, you're, that's important to you, either from a business perspective or just a personal, that this is something that you, you enjoy doing. You enjoy playing poker online. So um, that is going to be coming when we come back. And um, the, another big issue when we come back, though, is going to be we'll see a revisiting of the whole net neutrality debate. And one of the biggest critics in the House side of the FCC in this area is a Congresswoman Blackburn from Tennessee. And she has come out strong right from as soon as Congress came came back after the election uh, on the warpath against the FCC for their net neutrality um, regulations, which you know, many pro-net neutrality advocates saw as somewhat tepid. And um, you may recall the House actually passed a resolution disavowing the, um, the regulations. And now we're going to see hearings on, one, the, the cost-benefit of the regulations, as well as the politics of the regulations, whether or not there was any improper influence by Google or other groups. So 
that is going on in the House side. On the Senate side, though, you have um, you have um, Senator Al Franken and um, from Minnesota, as well as Senator Marie Cantwell from Washington, who was formerly with Real Networks, um, who both have been strong advocates of net neutrality. And but I just don't it hasn't got the legs to move on this. So you may see continued debate, and but it look for the House to continue to beat up FCC Chair Janikowski. Um, I, I think his trips from <laughs> to Capitol Hill uh, will not be ones that he looks forward to, but it definitely will be part of a continued debate over net neutrality. Um, what I find interesting is that you know the advocates, um, excuse me, the opponents of net neutrality, and you know, mainly the telecommunications company, who said that. Years ago, that what was being warned about um, as what might happen if there were not was not any net neutrality standards established is slowly starting to happen. You know, we're seeing the bandwidth caps. Uh, we're seeing issues of discrimination. For example, in Canada, there was a, a one provider that it included the streaming video in the bandwidth cap, except when it was their streaming video. So um, th- that's always been a concern, and I think. It's an issue that's just going to continue to get more attention. Um, but I think as long as the telecommunications industry has the clout that it has in Congress, both in the Democratic and the Republican side, um, look for this to really not go anywhere. And to the extent and really um, I think the administration is correct in its assessment that the really only way to do anything about this is at the um, the regulatory level where you don't have the blockage that you have now. Now, one of the last thing I, was that the last couple of weeks have been quite uh, acrimonious. Um, there's been bitter debate on the issue. Um, you've had uh, Democrats and Republicans pointing fingers and calling names, and, and it has been and probably one of the ugliest environments I've seen um, in in my years in following Washington and. You know, I actually came to Washington in 1981, the same with with same years Ronald Reagan and Joe Gibbs, um, and um, and so I've what I've seen the city over the city over years, and I can't say I've seen a, a more acrimonious environment than today, and it was that's why it was so so much of a thrill um, to see during the vote on the debt ceiling limit um, lifting to see Gabby Giffords return to the floor. And here was someone who's been um, a centrist, who's reached out to Republicans, um, who's tried to you know, be bipartisan you know, throughout her career. And to have some, and to, for her to choose that moment to come back, I think was a powerful statement that um, you know, she won a very close race in a very you know, closely divided district, um, even though she's very well liked in the district. And um, as you may recall that when she was shot, and, you know, there was a huge outpouring of affection. And so it's uncertain. She, you know, apparently reports are it's uncertain whether she will run in 2012. But it was really great to see her um, come back. And, and maybe um, that will set a more civil tone going forward. But um, maybe the Red Sox and Cubs will play in the World Series as well. I, I know that's probably wishful thinking. and um, But that's where we are um, as Congress returns to your district, and there are a number of issues that will be continue to develop. Um, but look, I think we may or may not see anything pa- past this Congress. If we do, it will be some regulation on data security. 
um, or possibly privacy. But privacy is just so tough because there's so many players at the table. Um, look for administration action, either from the FTC or the FCC um, regulating um, certain aspects. Look for the FTC possibly to flex its muscle on privacy, particularly now that it has a more active um, privacy focus with its new members. And that, that's really what we can expect in the next couple of years until the 2012 election. Um, I would not expect too much to happen in 2012, but one never knows. Um, you may recall the period after the 2010 election was actually one of the, the most productive periods that we've seen in Congress in recent memory. But So enjoy your August. You have a member of Congress nearby. You know, give him a help. Give him a, give him a holler and let him know what you think about these issues as well as other issues. But it's important that you understand that um, these things may affect you and your business and let people know um, what, what, you fe- what you think and what your business is so they understand and make the right choice. This is Bennett Kelly with the Internet Law Center. It's been a pleasure having you today. Join us next week on Cyber Law and Business Report. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.